My husband and I quickly learned, like living in that constantly, it's not going to help us connect or stay connected. We had to have a separation because otherwise, it's 24 hours a day working. We had kids that needed our attention. And so we put into practice early on to be with kids, no matter what age they are, no matter how demanding they are. This is their time for you. What they say matters. What they want matters. It was a beautiful thing to find, like what they wanted the most was time with us because we're always distracted and busy. So we learned that gift along the way for ourselves to be together as a family. This is episode number 29 with Habit Transformation Coach, speaker, and multiple business owner, Michelle Lane. Hey mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host, Mother Hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive, imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being mother hustler is not easy, but sisters, we are making it happen even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Michelle Lane is a best-selling author speaker, entrepreneur, and habit transformational coach who helps high-achieving women quiet their inner critic, ditch sabotaging perfectionism, and step through fear so they can live without limits, become the bliss of their life, and brighten their inner strength and beauty. She's also a co-owner of two additional businesses, Prescott Logistics, LLC, and Lane Consulting Services. Michelle is no stranger to the entrepreneurial world, yet she felt a bigger calling to help others transform their lives after suffering and surviving a huge period of loss from 2008 to 2013. She began reinventing herself leaving behind her previous world of accounting and finance management to follow her passion within the health and wellness space. She became a certified strength and conditioning coach as well as a neurotransformation results coach to better serve her clients in their mental and physical transformations. Michelle believes mindset matters in everything that we do. It helps us transform our inner and outer world to get unstuck from what's holding us back in life 
when we take the time to expand our awareness and up-level areas of our lives where we're shrinking backward, our lives become limitless. She also believes in prioritizing and taking care of mental and physical health as we age. That is mind, body, and spirit. Empowering ourselves with inspired action-taking encourages us to stretch beyond our comfort zones, conquer fears, shift behaviors, and break through limiting beliefs and patterns that keep us stuck. Michelle is a wife of 27 years and a mother of two amazing, beautiful, smart, and talented daughters, ages 13 and 20. She is the author of best-selling book, Stronger Than the Storm, Proven Strategies to Conquer Fear, Discover Strength, and Overcome the Unexpected, and founder of Inner Strength and Beauty. My beautiful mother hustlers, please help me in welcoming the mother hustler mothering the world this week, Michelle Lane. Welcome, everyone. My name is Kareen Mills, and you are listening to the Mother Hustler podcast. I'm so excited today because we have Michelle Lane from all the way from Chico, California. And Michelle and I met through Rachel um, O'Rourke, who actually was on episode 14. She opened the season for season two. I don't know if you've listened to her, but she had a really, really awesome um, episode. And I met her because we were both fellow speakers at Spark and offline prior to this, we were just talking about how, you know, even though we were nervous and we really did not practice and practice all our talk, it kind of flowed. Mm -hmm. I think it had to do with a lot of the energy that was in the room already and a lot of like the energy healing stuff that um, Amber Jane brought to the table. So it's amazing to meet a woman like you, Michelle, who's so super inspiring. There's a lot of moms out there in my listener pool that, you know, like us, we still need validation, even though we're going through the trenches and, and um, the ones that are quite in that crossroads where they want to do what we do, but they're scared of doing it and pulling the plug or whatever they need to let go to replace it with what they really, really want in life. Mm -hmm. And I want them to be inspired by all of our stories. And this is what um, the mission is all about is to validate and evaluate moms, because I think we have so much responsibilities, but we don't value ourselves enough. Um, And then the the superpower that we all have as a mother is that we can all together mother the world and that's the vision of the podcast so welcome michelaine to the pod and thanks so much for hanging out with us today thank you i'm so excited to be here and talk with you um just listening in on some of the podcasts i'm like i can call myself a mother hustler it's so cool (laughs) (laughs) you know if uh, you talk about Milena on episode nine, and she actually, I met her through the hashtag actually, and we've been connected on Facebook, but never really had a relationship, you know, as deep as now. 
Um, but we clicked with just having the mother hustler um, hashtag because she was starting a movement right around the time that I created a podcast, the mother hustler movement. And she owns a, like you, you know, owns multiple businesses like myself. I own multiple businesses, but she is getting really busy with her restoration company and real estate and all that good stuff. So she says, Hey, you know, I'm just going to have you run with this. And she sold me some shirts that she had on stock. I bought it from her at cost and then I sold it to some of the local gals here. Um, it's, it's just awesome. And she said that she had actually asked for an attorney to trademark it and it's not trademarkable. And we were both so excited that that was not the case because I feel like, and we were, we have the same feeling about the word mother hustler is I feel like it should be a community versus one person yeah. owning it, you know? That's beautiful. So, yeah. So welcome. Thank you. Excited. I know. Excited so let's continue our talk about, um, you know, being fearful about speaking on stage and we freak out and we have all these outlines and we prepare for the talk. But in essence, you really don't even talk about things you practiced. Right. Right. And I'm new to speaking. So um, this last experience at Spark with you, uh, it just meant a lot to me personally as well, because I've been learning to get out of my way. I've been learning to dive in deeper. I've been learning to do all the work and the message has been loud and clear. Trust yourself, trust yourself, trust yourself. So I followed my intuition. I set my intention for that weekend about coming in and obviously having an idea of wanting to share my story and having had that experience a few times now, but really connecting in what everyone else needed at that moment, like mm. where that was going to go and trusting myself enough to know that what was going to be coming out was going to be just right and what's needed. And just to talk about a little bit to go back with what we were chatting about is how beautiful all of us came in from different businesses, different angles, different parts of the country. And we came together and what makes Spark so beautiful yeah. is the energy that creates in the room for women letting down their guards, their identities and allowing themselves to meet other people and be in sisterhood and be in that moment and learn and just absorb. And everybody was able to share exactly what needed to be shared with their message enclosed. But there was this overall theme of getting out of our fears. And I thought what was so beautiful is we all touched upon it differently and shared our stories and the power in the story. And I think for me, the realization, this aha moment for all moms out there, you know, even having a dream of wanting to do anything like we've been doing, whether speaking or podcasting or writing, mm -hmm. trust the story. What you think isn't important to somebody or your dirty laundry or what may not be just a big storm you went through that you maybe like didn't tell everybody because it was uncomfortable those are the things people want to connect to because there's a piece of it that somebody else is going through. And so interesting just to validate that thought one more time. That's how you said when you heard my talk, you resonated with it and it didn't have to be the exact events that went down. Mm -hmm. But I believe we all go through something, especially as we age and we get into those, you know, late thirties, mid forties, early fifties, you've lived a certain amount of life. Your kids are growing. Um, you've been through the beginnings, you've been through the middles, you're getting to some of the endings and family members or things. And it's just part of the journey and experience. And 
I believe how we look at those things and how we allow it to affect us. And, and when we're able to look at it more as gifts mm. that come to us instead of what's happening to us, more so what's happening for us, yes. then it's just that much easier to get through and not necessarily await the next thing to happen, but just know that it's a process of life. Whereas the first 20 years of my life, I was just like, it's what you do. And then you go to college <laughs> and then you meet a man and then you get, you know, you get married. And, and those are all amazing milestones and times But the depth of it comes when we're able to start to kind of sit in the reality of like, what we thought life was going to be and then what it is with all its beauty and experiences and what we learn is, is the gifts. It's the, it's the treasures and that's what yeah. helps grow. And what, um, I resonated so much when you, when you threw your resistance through the challenge that you went through is that you nurtured your relationship with your husband. Yeah. And I am all for that because I always believe that, if you like professional success can never compensate with a failure at home. And so I really, that really clicked with me because when, you know, when my husband and I always talk about, you know, some of our friends now and relatives that are divorcing and I'm not saying that, you know, I know their situation. I truly understand that we don't necessarily know what, what happens behind the scene. And you talked about, you having Amy as a neighbor and she didn't even know you guys were going through that. And, and we, you know, I'm not judging that part. I'm saying that we don't necessarily know what happens behind the scene, but right. what I really love about how you handled your relationship was that you hung on to it. That was all you had any, you could lose anything and everything, but you really put that in a sacred place and, and that's what we do um, in our marriage. And we say that, you know, gosh, if that's all their problem, if they went through our, if they're divorcing because of that reason, my gosh, if they went through what we went through, they would have disappeared in no time because we went through worse, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, just, you know, those little pieces of aha moments that come by. And as we started to share our story and tell people, two things happen. One, they're like, are you kidding me? You should write a book about this. And I was like, what? But then I started, started getting in there. Right. And the second was like, oh my gosh, you guys are still together. Like so many marriages end because of a financial situation. One person's resenting the other for being in a situation and the other one doesn't like that they're not in the life to which they're accustomed or whatever surface kind of things are going on. And again, no judgment. Like we don't really know what we know until mm -hmm. we know better. Um, but for us, because we had built it together, because we started it together, because we're in it thick and thin and the kids were with us side by side, you know, like we were a unit that was mm. tight and it was already so easy to let work take over and be everything and interrupt life that mm. we learned quickly to put those boundaries on it. So my mind likes to work constantly. Type A, it's always thinking, multitasking. How can I yeah. do better, right? Hello. Like, that's what women do. Like, I didn't even know. Like, women are just really good at it, right? You add mommyhood in the mix, and we're just going to get those schedules down. Yeah. We got this, and we'll figure out how to get it done. And that's a beautiful thing. I think that's where some of our, our sameness comes together yeah. and our power, right? Um, but we also, my husband and I quickly learned, like, 
living in that constantly is not going to help us connect, stay connected. We had to have a separation because otherwise it's 24 hours a day working. Mm. We had kids that needed our attention. And so we put into practice early on, be with kids when we're kids, no matter what age they are, no matter how demanding they are, this is their time for you. What they say matters, what they want matters. And it was beautiful to find like what they wanted most was time with us. So sure. because we're always distracted and busy. So we learned that gift along the way for ourselves to be together as family, have dinner, do the baths, because really they were little. So by 7.30, mm -hmm. 8 o'clock tops, they're in bed, right? So that little window of time from getting home from work till then, it was nice to be able to just know mentally and physically that you could just be there. And I didn't mm -hmm. realize then that was my first little taste of being in that present moment, not worrying about what's going to, what happened before, what needs to go ahead. And boy, did that not come into practice when we lost everything mm -hmm. because we still had to show up. We still had to be parents. We still had to make dinner and do all mm -hmm. the things. And maybe we changed how we ate and when we went out or didn't go out or all those other things to save on budget. But what we had was being together. And so when you know that the kids were excited to go out and cook leaves or play on the swing set or help cook dinner, like it created this bond that was amazing and beautiful and a lesson for myself to know like what else is so busy that I can't devote that time. And then the second level was with my husband, like when everything was going down and we knew we weren't keeping the house and we knew the business wasn't going to continue on. And we knew at that moment in those years of that five year span of the fight, like halfway in my mom had died. And mm -hmm. then my dad and my aunt, we lost like five people on that two year span before it all ended. So there was a lot of layers of stress. We were actually conservators for my mother's health prior to that. So at the beginning of the storm, we're now making all her lifelong health decisions. And she mentally was deteriorating. And so her whole thing was how we were capturing her and keeping her at this home and medicating her and all these stories that she had created. And so we were the victim, the, the villains, right? Um, so, so much stress just piling on each other. And we, I would cry at night and Scott felt safe enough to cry share that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I swear some of the most challenging times that we got through was by holding each other and just crying it out and mm -hmm. not knowing the answers and learning to trust. And I remember getting about six months before we let everything go and gave it back to the bank mm -hmm. and just stopped fighting and just, we could feel the stress. Like I wasn't eating. I was throwing up what I ate. It's just, the nerves were so much. Mm. It was such a physical impact. I'm like, this is stress. This is when you hear stress gets in your body. It was embedding. And I didn't want it to stay there forever. Cause I knew enough being in the health and wellness space that where is that going to show up later? And then you still don't even know, like you have to live it out. Right. And it did, but those moments were like, it's not worth it. Mm. No matter what we made, no matter how much money we made, it's not worth living like this anymore. And we did the best we could to protect our kids at the time from feeling the brunt of it. Cause honestly it was ongoing constantly, constantly something. Um, and trying to share in those moments of my parents last days and finding where their comfort zone was with that and where my comfort zone was with that and what I wanted them to remember them as. And, um, you know, Scott was there for all of it. He was there mm -hmm. to share his fears, to share 
his fight to share things I was being protected from that he didn't think I needed to even take the brunt of through it. Mm-hmm. And it strengthened our relationship because we had each other to confide in with that. And even to today, like we know from having gone through those things, there's nothing we can't work through. And mm-hmm. that when things get off, it's really just a communication issue. Mm-hmm. Is it, are we saying the words or are we sure they know exactly what we're thinking in our minds? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. what we make things mean versus what's literally being said. And we were able to build on so many aspects of that just mentally and spiritually for ourselves and trusting in a higher power beyond ourselves mm-hmm. and giving all that away and knowing that we would be whole from it, not even knowing what those answers would be. And it was my first moment at that point of awakening. Mm-hmm. And I believe we did it together and we've had different journeys on how we absorb information, but man, when we connect even still today and we have these in-depth talks, like we're on a similar journey. And I know that you've said um, in your podcast before, maybe it was with the, was it Milena? Is that what her mm-hmm. name? That when you get to that place and you're able to look at the things that are happening to you as something happening for you and not knowing the answer at the moment, but knowing our adversities are where we're going to learn the most. Mm -hmm. I knew that there was a gift to come from it. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know. I knew there was a reason it was all just coming in. It was to get our attention. It was, it was something. And I made things mean things that were not correct. Like we're being punished or, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was a way for us to open up our minds and open up our spirituality in a new way to where it can't possibly not lead to something better. Yeah. We've, we're hit bottom. It can only go up from here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They always say that your rock bottom is not rock bottom. It's the launching pad. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe there are gifts for us to open in adversity. I believe they're being dropped constantly in front of us. And the higher power is like, just open the gift. Yeah. Open it. You'll stop well, going through all this. <laughs> the problem with us is, is, you know, when life is so good, we go so fast. And those gifts actually have been waving the flag at you for a very long time. But because... I'm very spiritual in this way um, because we didn't pay attention had to be something so big for us to freaking actually stop and say, okay, I hear you now. It's, <laughs> because, like, it's, it's like being slapped in the face. Is that big enough for you? Yes. Oh, here, let me drop a car in front of you. Is that not yeah. it? Yeah. 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 It's, it's okay. messages. It's messages. Cause you know, obviously whatever you believe in source, God, universe, mm-hmm. they can't talk to you. You know, they can't, it's not like a mom to a daughter or a son. It's like, hey, you need to stop. That's the wrong thing to do. They can't do that. And the only way they can do that is throw you a life's curveball because it's supposed to steer you in that direction where you should be going. When you're going the wrong direction, and like Annabelle says, and I had an interview with her yesterday, beautiful interview. Um, You know, just go with the flow. Like the flow is just so much more freeing. I mean, I feel I've never been so free before. And I always say, I, I live, I live in freedom, you know, and we talk about freedom, like it's, you know, America is giving us freedom, but it's really from your inner peace. That is where your freedom comes from. And as soon as you arrive at that, like you said, you can see adversities as gifts. That's when you really are free. Yeah, I agree. And you know, we also looking back because you can't connect the dots looking forward only backwards Steve Jobs mm-hmm. has said that so true um, 
coming up for me as you're even talking, like even years prior, just different directions in our business um, as we grew it. When it was wrong, it was wrong. It was like going down a bumpy road and then just having a flat tire every single time. And the more we took control and fought it, the more you still get up, fix the tire, and it would pop again. Get up, fix the tire, and pop again. You turn off the road, take a different route, and then everything flows. So I completely mm -hmm. agree with you. And I, where I'm at now, I can see exactly what I was supposed to find. It was time. Their calling was there. And I would, oh, that's not it. No, that's not it. No, do something different. No, I'm busy. I'm a mom. You know, it, it was there and it became very apparent. And I got this huge download and it said, you know, if you could do anything else you ever wanted to do, now is the time. Mm. Wow. Yes, you don't have money. Yes, you have all these obstacles, but literally you don't have to be what you were before. And if you could be anything, what would you be? And it was the most profound question I ever asked myself. And even more so the answers that weren't there, like it was mm. a blank slate. I had no idea. And looking the the money is really just a detail, you know, like, I, don't, I think, yeah. I think we focus on money, but it's really just the detail. And yes, we have bills to pay. And, and I don't discount any of that because we all, we all have those constant bills to pay. Right. And if you've listened to my best friend, Jennifer on episode seven, she's also a mother hustler. She owns a CFO service company. Um, she talked about how, um, their boat went out, like their boat needed some work in the summer. And they have a 18 and a 17 year old and then a three year old and a four year old, I think. So four kids, but two where they thought they weren't going to have kids and then they have another two because they wanted more. But long story short, they're teenagers, you know, they're like, you know what, we haven't gone fishing before or for a long time. And that's what we used to do when we didn't have all these things. We didn't have money. We didn't have the boat. We didn't have nice cars. We didn't have a house. We lived in a town home or an apartment or something. We would go just go drive to the river and go fishing, like stand on the, on the beach and fish. And so, you know what? The boat is fine. Um, we'll get it fixed. It's just something, you know, nothing to worry about, but it stressed them out. Mm -hmm. You know, because you start running the numbers in your head. Oh, how much is this going to cost? So they go um, on a fishing um, just on the side of the river. And their kids was like, wow, we have not done this in so long. This was some of the greatest memories I had. They're teenage kids. And then there was another time where they went on like a dollar burger trip locally. And their kids, mom, remember when we used to split um, you know, like they remember these things. Yes. She says like, Kareen, they don't ever remember the things where maybe we bought them something big. They always remember that, that time, the quality time, even when you split a burger, a dollar burger and a dollar fries. Oh, I love it. If, if I could just inter interject a thought, um, sharing with you a memory yesterday driving home with my daughter she goes mom she's helping in fifth grade she's in eighth i'm sorry she's helping in kindergarten they're five and uh she's a ta so she goes over at the end of school and helps she goes guess what we did today we didn't do anything fancy i'm like what did you do she goes oh all the kids went outside and we you know like when we were little we used to trace the leaves and we'd make the imprint on the paper i'm like yeah she goes i didn't do that and i go oh okay well what did you do and she said i went around and i collected leaves and she looks at me with this little wink. And I said, like you used to when you were little. 
And she goes, yes. And she remembered. So that age, when all that started, we would go out and find rocks and find leaves. She used to love fall when the leaves would fall and she'd get all different sizes. And she looks at me and she goes, mom, I got all different sizes. Wow. That was special to her. And these are the things we would take walks. We would go camping because we went on like Craigslist and found everybody getting rid of their camping equipment and got it for really expensive. And that's what we did with the kids. It wasn't expensive to go tent camping. We preferred that so much more. We had the fifth wheel and the quads. We had all that stuff. And it was great memories too. But even to this day, they still want to go camping. Like it's the simple things. And so thank you for sharing that because it, it just brought that around to me. It's like, man, they remember going on walks, t- picking yeah. up leaves, looking at trees and it's so beautiful. And, you know, I, I visualize her still, she's 13 and I visualize her as that three-year-old, something etched in my mind at that moment, because that's when everything changed for us. I was home full time. I'd never been home full time. I'd always raised my older daughter in the office with us. And so I was taking her to school. She'd have her time at school. And Jenna and I had that, that little pocket of just being mom and daughter. And it was very short lived, um, but very special. So for her to bring that around like oh um for her to bring that back around that's amazing yeah yeah no it's those little stuff little things that we do with them that really impacts them the most and and i'm going to quote annabelle again the subtle things because we think as parents you know we never had that before we never had that before i never had a big house before so i want to give my kids everything i never had which is such a wrong perspective because Like for me, I grew up in the third world, the Philippines. And and the reason that I'm such a driven person is because I never had a lot. I mean, there's six of us kids and I always wore my sister's hand-me-downs. We always share shoes. We always share everything. And in Christmas, I would pick either a top, a bottom or a shoe. And there's three sisters. So we would all strategize, say, okay, you take the top, you take the bottom, you take the shoe, and then we'll just you know, mix and match everything. But, um, but those are the moments that really defined who I become now. And I feel like if I did the opposite of that and not teach my kids that value, that they're going to turn out the opposite of me because I'm teaching them the opposite of what I was taught. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, but we want to give them everything, which is fine and dandy. And, and I want to give my kids everything I could in my power but I also want to make sure that they appreciate it and that they, they know the values that I was taught because it shaped me of who I've become, you know, today. And, and, you know, poverty is such a great teacher. And you know that um, when you lose everything and you lose a lot, it's, it's, what's important, you know, yes, losing teaches you more than winning, although winning is fun. But um, winning is fleeting, you know, it's not, it's, it's never permanent. You can always be replaced. Someone else could always win. Yeah. In fact, that need to, and half uh, the wants versus the needs, like it became obviously really clear when you no longer have the income you had and, and the kids learned it. That would be one thing that we did impress upon them is really all the kids, you know, we go shopping. Can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? Like, do you want it or do you need it? And they'd have to really wow. think about it. And it, it was something we took and ran with as they got older. And we impressed upon both of them, you know, as technology became more and more prevalent in their lives, like you need to raise the money to, to have that. So 
when you have your iPhone and your kids or your friends are like, oh, you have an iPhone, your mom buy that? No, I bought that, you know, to give that value to them. And we've had, and I'm not, you know, everybody has their way of, of parenting with them. It was just the gift that we could give from having the experience. Um, and trying not much like what everything costs all the time. So yeah. they didn't have that deficit mindset either. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, we're still living through it and getting through it. And we have those good moments and bad moments of experiencing what it means to them on that. Um, but it drives them like my older daughter's 20 now and she likes to cover yeah. her expenses and my little daughter's 13 and she's starting to figure it out that, wow, that's, that costs a lot, but she always apologizes for asking. So there is a little backlash mm -hmm. from it because I'm so sorry, or thank you so much for buying this. Like there's a little of that panic in it. And mm. she was really little when we went through all that, where I had to say oh. no, or we were just like going to shop for clothes that maybe were at the hand-me-down store or, you know, yeah. those kind of things. And she picked up what she picked yeah. up on it, yeah. you know, but she's grateful and, and I'm excited about that because they, they we lived in so much. They, they do. And try your best either way. And they're still going to bring it in. They're going to make things mean just like we made things mean out of, you know, what our parents taught us or didn't teach us. And like I say, we only know what we know at the moment. And then once you know it, you can't look back, you can't go back. You know, yeah. it's like the spiritual and personal growth. Like once you're in it and know it, I just crave more of it and different ways mm -hmm. to learn it for myself so I can continue to be better. So I can be better for them. So I have tools to help them start off a little bit earlier than being 40 or 50 and figuring it all out, you know, but yes. I think there's something to be said about that journey. It's part of it. It's part of the hard knocks of life and, and learning who you are. So you can make that choice at that moment. You know, do you crumble and fall or do you rise up yeah. and improve yourself? And that's the choice you have. So you talk about the parallel of your, you know, just like us, we were shaped by our parents and then the way that our kids are shaped is by how we parent them. Talk to us about how your childhood was and your mom and your dad and all those guys that really helped you, you know, during your early stage in life and what you learned from them. Right. We, um, I don't remember a lot of being really little. I remember from 12 on. Mm -hmm. So even like my youngest daughter's age now. And the reason for that is my mom was sick and diagnosed with multiple sclerosis by the time I was around 11. And she probably was sick before that. And it just wasn't coming on as ongoing. Mm -hmm. um, but by the time I was 12, she was in a wheelchair. She was wheelchair bound because it had started to uh, deteriorate and she would go in and out of remission and, and body functions, like she wouldn't be able to use her leg or then it would move and her arm and shoulder wouldn't move. And so it would kind of transfer through her body as it set in and as it settled in. So by the time I was mid-teens, she was fully in a wheelchair. Um, but her mental state was also affected. And some of the greatest gifts out of that adversity and the dynamic and the chaos of living with all that and going back to my, when I look at my inner child and where she's been the most hurt and having to kind of pull that emotion out mm -hmm. um, and reframe what I've made a lot of that mean has been powerful. But the gifts that I got from it was the strength in knowing that I was going to have to be the one to pick up the slack and learning mm -hmm. the skills to do so. And you know, in my plight of trying to take it on and, and fix it and make it better for everybody, that became a really bad 
the habit there in life um, and a driving force. So there's always a yin and a yang with some of the identities and things that we come and create for ourselves. But um, I think the biggest gifts that she gave me was a love for my health because in a world that wasn't control in control out of control as a teenage young teenage girl um, my way of fighting back with that um, was not eating so I, I mm -hmm. damaged myself with anorexia and bulimia because I felt I can control something she couldn't and so wow. we had this dynamic that really wasn't great growing up and I resented her a lot I think for getting sick but for how she treated us all and now when I look at it and think, what must that have been like for her, which was never considered at all growing up, how much painful, she was 35 mm. when she was wheelchair bound, you know, wow. and, and how much pain that must have been and no outlets or tools to deal with it. And my dad was an Italian prideful man who was, you know, we don't share our dirty laundry. We don't ask for help. We don't get help. And so that's how we lived. And we didn't, and we did the best we could with, with how it went. And we still try to be close in this kind of dysfunction, right? But the greatest gift she gave me was taking care of my health. I wow. fell in love with a better way. You know, um, that wasn't it for me, starving and, and throwing my food up. Um, and it led to a lifelong body image issue conflict for myself that I have been able to resolute here in the last couple of years by going deeper within. Wow. But that love for health and wellness was also a driving force behind it. There was a better way. I didn't want for me, my family, my future family to mm -hmm. have the excuse of not taking care of our, of our health mm. um, because I saw what it did. You know, I saw when my, the doctors would say, hey, do this, Joyce. And she would be like, no, I don't need to do that. And she would just numb it with drinking alcohol or my dad mm -hmm. would just avoid, you know, and he wouldn't do the things that made him feel good because she wasn't feeling good. So he didn't think mm -hmm. he deserved it. And the moments where he let me work with him and go to the gym and we would go and eat right, you know, they were chronically on a diet. So a lot of that kind of comes full circle, looking back and connecting those dots, but mm -hmm. knowing that there was a different choice, knowing there was a better way, there was that knowing probably in me that I wasn't even aware of back then that led me to where I'm at. And I wouldn't be coaching now. I wouldn't have gone into strength and conditioning coaching and being passionate about how we feed our body and how we take care of our stress and how we slow the mind down and then layering it even more into mindset work and how the brain works and helping my clients get through that stuck emotion. Like I smile. I, I think, <laughs> I think God every day for that because it was part of the plan. Yeah. It's necessary, right? It's, necessary. it's always necessary. Yeah. And you just don't figure it out when you're in it. It's hard nope. to figure it out when you're in the zone. Um, yeah. That's, that's powerful. So that's what led you, you know, with all your, mm -hmm. um, I, I wouldn't call failure a failure because oh, no. what, what happened to you guys in 2008 and to a lot of us was we got hurt financially because of the crash, right? It was such a big crash yeah. and it's, I always say failure is uh, feedback on steroids because from that it's, it becomes a feedback for you. Okay. I did this wrong. I did that wrong. How can I improve on it? How can I make sure I focus more on time with my kids instead of focusing on money? Like it makes you a better person period in a story. So okay. it gives you a lot of feedback. Um, where in that area were you starting to really embrace your, um, health coaching and what you really wanted to do 
in your career that got you here now? Oh, that moment of asking myself what I really wanted to do. Um, I had made a list and on that list was, you know, I, I grew up dancing and so I had mm. danced uh, and have a, a teaching degree in dance, but I had dropped it to be a mom because that was a belief. So I went back to dance because that fills my soul. And then I thought, what else do I want to do? And at that time I'd been lifting weights and I really, really liked the power of doing things you didn't know you could do before, even if it's a strong weight. And I never knew I'd like it. And um, I spent 10 years just absorbing everything. And I realized at that moment that I could do something different. I could become a coach, you know, and, and I, at that moment, I thought of it, it wasn't the right time finishing up the responsibilities of the business. But a couple of years later, the opportunity came. So I took it. And for the next wow. three years, I was able to work with clients and teach classes. And I just loved it. I loved, I loved the gym space anyway, but just being able to help people kind of get past their mindset and transform and make that commitment. Um, but I knew it wasn't the full piece. I knew it wasn't forever. And I again, that whole mindset piece came through. And as I started opening myself up to the writing and starting my blog and leading to the book and leading to speaking, like I had no idea that that would be a thing, <laughs> right? But they started to all merge and the possibility started being there. And then people wanted to work with me. And I'm like, what? what is that? Like, Oh, it's coaching. Well, I thought coaching was like physically, no, this is like, you know, on an emotional and, and intellectual level or whatnot. And so I dove in and I, I started learning all I could about what kind of coaching I wanted to do. And that's when I realized it's like all, everything we do is in the mindset. Everything is how we choose to do something and our perspective on how we interpret the rest of it. And I started studying more neurotransformational coaching. So it's more of getting out of the intellect and into the emotion and bringing all that up and, and tracing where the emotion starts to begin with, which triggers the fear, you know, around what stops us from doing things. And I've always been willing to dive into new opportunities and figure stuff out. That's been a real great way for me to hide from myself. Um, and as I started unlayering those, those pieces and realizing how it all connected so beautifully, um, that's the moment where I'm like, that's the coaching I want to do. I want to help, you know, if you had like a, an iceberg, you've got the surface level and everything underneath. It's why we do things and how we do things on the surface. And then the reason behind all of it's underneath. And if I can get in to a, a health and wellness space for people and help them figure out where those patterns are that repeat what they perceive as failure, which I agree with you is always feedback or where they need to tweak or work a little deeper. Mm -hmm. There's always a bigger meaning yeah. when things start to repeat in our lives or we, we consider them as, oh, I can't stick to a diet or I can't stick to a workout plan. There's a reason why. Yes. And it's either you're running from something or running towards something. Yep. And I, I just love being able to take that next layer and really make more permanent results for clients instead of just temporary results. Wow, that's amazing. So you're, you're essentially finding the triggers so you can mm -hmm. control those triggers that are, that are beneath the surface. Is yeah, and, the and root of it. how we best do that is by knowing what we've had to struggle with most, right? So that inner critic has been really huge for me from way back when not treating my body right, starving and, and then throwing up food and that body image and getting to know that you can get past that. Like nothing ever goes away, but you have tools to make it better for you to manage 
where the baloney stories are and when it comes up and what's bringing Mm. it up. And there's like this peace of mind that comes from it. And then adding in the spirituality and just allowing yourself to be and sit and not do as much and be as busy. It's like magic, you know? And I, and those moments where I used to live in anxiety and everything was like, ah, and now I'm just kind of like, it's all good. Like I've got control of my thoughts instead of they're running my life. And there's always something that levels that up again, which we're human. It's never, you know, it's not like a one-time fix and it's gone thing, Mm -hmm. but you're better able to look at it from a different perspective and and help yourself through it. Well, we're always evolving and things around us are always changing too. So Mm -hmm. we have to learn how to adapt to it. And the only way to really adapt to it is just to embrace and dance with it. Like you talk about dance, you just have to dance with life and you know, when we talk about the flow of the energy, when you dance with the flow, it's like, imagine you being just taken by the energy without you being even doing anything. You know, it's, it's such a beautiful flow when you, when you begin to see those things and, and learn how to put yourself in that energy instead of you trying to push back on the energy. I think, I think it's all about being, learning Mm -hmm. to be in the now being in yourself you are that energy and realizing that everything else is just outside of it yeah yeah so tell me who is your ideal um clients like who who are you working with like the profile of the people that you're working with you only work with women Uh, right now i've I've only worked with women and I am opening to, you know, working with men who come across this, but I find there's so many women who are just stuck in that inner critic and the self-sabotage they didn't quite realize is happening um, and where that they can better their choices on that and get out of their way so they can go for those passions. And I've been finding my little, like my, my, favorite little area is with women in their 40s to 50s as as their kids are growing as mm-hmm. their teenagers are still here and there's values that we want to pass on to them and really help that connection for the new generation coming up and provide those tools and um, I think it starts with us I think it starts in identifying that within ourselves and a lot of it is around high achieving women so women who are either wanting to run a business or start something new or just kind of stuck in a in a pattern of I know I can do this but I can't seem to get past here and just not knowing what that is um, that's where I can come in and help you know awesome. ask the questions I'm not giving answers I'm helping them discover the answers that are already within them yes the answers is in there somewhere in your stories, in everything, in everything that happens in your life. So tell me a favorite um, story about a client that, that had a breakthrough with you. Just like a, a really nice success. I, I'm sure all of them is your favorite. So I don't want to take that away from you and not put you in that position. Right. But something that just stands out with you. I think um, like the biggest thing one of my clients and I were going through and The biggest transition moment, it was just even through one of my exercises we were doing together, um, was a conflict within a family member. And there was a sister who was always just negative towards my client and causing a lot of grief and just being kind of mean in a sense. And when they would gather together as family, there was a dynamic there that was just hateful, you Mm -hmm. know? And finally, 
through working it out together, we, we worked on the situation and, and just kind of had her look at it from a different perspective outside in, kind of digging in a little bit more where that might have started in childhood. And she had uncovered that there was always kind of a jealousy there. And she didn't want to say it was a jealousy, but it was like she was, um, they had an older sister and then they had, uh, the other sister came and then her. So she was the middle and mm. everything was good while there was two. And then when the third sister came along, who was my client, there was the dynamic. There was a little bit of jealousy from the sister in the fact wow. that mom's attention moved. And again, what we make things mean and how we grow with that, right? And the situation just compounded. And so my client would never want to take a stand or have a voice or be mean or, you know, she just didn't understand why she wasn't feeling loved like she wanted to be. And when we were able to take it apart a little bit more and really identify where that first started for her, she could look at the situation differently and maybe not condone the action, but that aha moment that, oh my gosh, she was hurt. Where did that hurt start from? And where does she get that from? And where does she make that mean? And you can kind of take it apart and look at it just a little bit differently to go, I don't have to allow that behavior to happen to me. And she may not be in the same space as I am with my growth. And you can't control somebody else's actions. You can't control the situation around you, but you can control how you respond to it. That aha moment for her was like, wow, it was life-changing. And she was about to go into another family reunion situation that they had planned. And she said, I can go in and I can just love her. I can love me for loving her. And mm -hmm. I cannot let those, those boundaries be broken and I will or will not accept. And man, like she reported back later that it went so much smoother because she wasn't taking it all on as her responsibility to fix her sister's beliefs or issues, you know? And I found that to be so powerful because we don't always recognize when we can make that change. It's not always yes. comfortable for us to realize, yes, all this is happening around us, but how one switch in ourselves can switch what's going on around us so often. And mm -hmm. Just that one stuck close because it was so powerful in the fact that it was so emotionally driven and so being great. able to dig into that emotion and reframe how she looks at things from that point on and what she would or wouldn't be willing to accept and kind of stand up for her own voice in that way without having to be mean, but just kind of saying, this is on you. This is yours to deal with. And I'm not going to accept this. I would like this kind of dynamic. And we worked on a way of communicating that would allow it to be non-confrontational. Um, and she just took it and ran with it and really, really helped her. And even now, like I see her jumping into business and just doing things that she was afraid of doing. And, you know, that one little switch, that one perspective change can shift you from that fear of what others think into like, I'm going to go and just see what happens. Wow. So That's powerful. so cool. So you have this um, amazing retreat that you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank is this you. your first ever retreat or it is, is okay. the one I'm throwing? Yes. And so I tell actually... me about this retreat. Okay. Um, and I've been behind the scenes planning for other people before, but I've never done my own. So I'm super excited. And I've attended them, um, obviously. But this retreat came from that same idea of women of a certain age going through life and realizing that, you know, my kids are older now and I'm not as needed as I was mm. before. And I have a lot more free time than I used to have. Um, and I don't know what to do with it. 
And <laughs> <laughs> we think we're going to do all these things, but then, you know, after a while, those things don't fill it. It's like you want that connection and you're not sure where to get it. And so when you're able to kind of get yourself out of your comfort zone and try new things, it kind of opens up that space in your mind to go, well, what else can I do? Right. Mm-hmm. So I like adventure. I think I talked about this at Spark about just learning things that I never did growing up. Um, we've wakeboarded, we've quad rided, we've done all these adventure sports, which is exciting. It's not like so much the adrenaline as it is the fact that I could do it like, well, just like weightlifting, you know, you get those weights you didn't think you can handle. Um, and getting through the storm, like you, you realize once you get through something like that, like there's nothing you can't do. And mm-hmm. so I look sometimes for things to do that would be fun. And, um, I've done zip lining and I really liked it, but I had never done a ropes course. And so what that is, is it's, lower level zip lines set up through apparatuses that you are to get through physically. So maybe it's some logs that are connected and you kind of walk across that, but you're still hooked up the whole time. Um, but what you learn from that, what you embody from that is where the lesson's going to be. So whatever fears come up, you can just understand that, you know, and with any other fear you get through by taking one small action. And so as you kind of put your foot forward, that fear goes away and now it's just, okay, what's the next thing I need to do to get across that apparatus? Um, and it's just so symbolic for so many things in our lives. So one coming together as women, we have a nice, beautiful cabin. It's a homey cabin, Mm. really nicely decorated. It's right at the base of Lake Tahoe, about two, five minutes from Donner Lake, um, Mm. which we'll be spending some time at and it's in the wilderness. So it's beautiful. And then we have someone coming to cook for us. So there's nothing we need to worry about. The women that are coming, they'll have their healthy meals prepared. We'll be going for morning walks. We'll be initializing all these things I kind of talked about, the stress relief, learning to meditate, not that we have to have a pillow and the position, but just whatever that is for each person and where they're on in their journey, learning how to breathe because without breathing, it's really impossible to slow down our mind and body and feeling what that feels like, feeling what comes up through all that and being, a, mm-hmm. being okay with it and just understanding that you're not alone. This is completely normal. Here we are coming together and all of our differences and we're more alike than we're different, building a sisterhood, having a good time. And when you leave, you'll leave not only inspired, you'll leave with the sense of I accomplished something I didn't think I can get through, but you'll also leave in knowing that it was something you so desperately needed in your soul to identify with yourself wow. just a little bit more. So that's the idea. And then of course we throw in some natural skincare and fun girly things to do too. So how long is it? It's a weekend. It's next weekend from Friday through Sunday. So wow. we'll, meet, we'll meet up on Friday for a meet and greet, get to know everybody. And then we have a full pack day on Saturday, um, including the two and a half hour ropes course. And then we've got some exercises. We're going to end that evening with a beautiful dinner. But before that, uh, some journaling at the lake. So we get to be outside in that beautiful, beautiful, beautiful area. And, and it's so cheap. <laughs> it's not expensive. We didn't want it to be, you know, seriously expensive. I mean, for um, a weekend, that's with food cooked Tom, for you. And like, all that. you yes. Can, right? I know. That's why I like commented on Facebook. It's like, I wish I could go. <laughs> and we had, I know. And that's, and that's been really dear to my heart that people really want to come. And there's just been weddings or different things happening that weekend. And we do plan to have more of them. And we'd like to base them around a health and wellness theme. And then, you know, just self-discovery at the same time and fun. And just being, you know, like when you get women together, we can't help but just share and mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. and having that safe space for women to do so, it, it creates a, a beauty. It creates something that is priceless. And well, it's the connection too, because once you 
know each other's story. And you said something very profound that a lot of people, because we always say we're very different and you're unique, which is very true. But you said something like, you have no idea how similar we really are. We're right? more alike than we're different. Yeah. We and I think we're different, but mm-hmm. I think our souls are a lot alike. Yes. The core is the same. What the core wants is exactly the same. And I always say um, um, our story is the different. Like it's mm-hmm. these values, these spiritual stuff were delivered to us in different stories. But you know, you, you had witnessed it on Spark. I talked about self-love. And then the next speaker talk, talked about um, a lot of love for yourself, self-worth. And how do you, how do you have self-love? You, Coco says, take it. You know, like it was such a theme of, and we, and a lot of us didn't even know each other. You know, like I didn't know a lot of um, the speakers there. And it's, it almost sounded like, we all planned it. <laughs> but you know, I know. And I think that's what, it's happened twice now at Spark. And maybe an overall same theme, but a different presentation of it all. And I think that's the beauty behind that event, which is why it's just, I mean, a must attend thing, experience to go through. Um, but I didn't know you either, but I connected with you right away, even on Facebook. Like we were yeah. just kind of chatting back and forth here and there. I'm like, I need to know you. But yeah. that's that connection word that you said, that was my word for this year. I've never created a word for myself. And connection was my word for this year. My message was trust yourself. My, my word was connection. And I look, you know, looking back, I even shared on the stage, like all the women that I met, that either we connect personally or in business or through coaching, like they're all standing in front of the stage. There were 12 women that I didn't know a year ago from one event. So imagine where you'll be as you dive into retreats and events and just getting into communities, you know, or listening to podcasts and knowing there are women out there looking for the same thing you're looking for. And I and my, my hand is raised real high. I'm looking for connection. I have been a mom. I work from home. This is my space. Sometimes I switch it and it's the other half of the office. It's like, <laughs> right? I mean, the, the truth behind mother hustling is you are not always in an office. Like you're, no. you're here. And then it's between 8.30 and 2.30 and let's go get yep. the kids. And then yep. it's like whatever you can squeeze in around it. And yep. I love it. Like I'm so used to that now and I want more. So yeah, I don't um, get that connection. I don't have a lot of girlfriends that I connect with on that level to go to girls weekends, but boy, oh boy, if I haven't met the most amazing, inspirational, beautiful souls at these events that are now, I'm happily able to call friends and connections. And that is the reason why I do retreats. And that is the reason I like to get involved in these speaking engagements because you don't get that anywhere else. No. no. And the connection is so deep. It's just nothing like any other connection you make. You know, it's not, it's not just like a, you know, love at first sight connection. It's, it's, you can feel it. It's super, yeah. super deep and very intuitive and very much of a more like soul to soul connection. I always yeah. say it's great to meet your soul. Like absolutely. People, people always when I finally connected people soul to soul, I, I text them or make a, a Facebook message and say, 
that was great to connect with your soul and really throws people off, you know, because nobody's ever told them that. So So you tell me that and I get it. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's the key because we're all awakened into that journey where something has started us off on that path and there's none of that superficial. Hi, how are you? Like, no, you're like connecting my soul. And then the stories fill in the details along the way where you learn something more about people. And yeah, that's profound itself. Like that's just what we're representing. That's what, that's that's the power of the story. I can really literally talk to you all day. (laughs) Because it's so refreshing, you know, it's like, it's like talking um, the same language, like truly, I think it was, um, it was Ellen DeGeneres wife that says it's, it's good to be loved, but it's so great to be understood. Yeah. And validated. and, And that's, that's what happens at Spark. You just are understood by the women there that are, you know, that are also going through or have gone through very difficult times in our lives. And I think the, um, you know, the women that were in the audience obviously looked up to the speakers, but I think that the one message that I saw you deliver to them was, I was in the audience a year ago or two years ago, like I would never be on this stage. And I think that's what they have to look forward to is that anybody can do it. Anybody can speak in front of, many people it's it's that i'm just a little bit ahead in my journey than you but that's something that you can say that i started somewhere girlfriend like we don't just wake up one day and we're freaking good at speaking Mm -mm. we have to start somewhere and that starts with being fearful um you know feeling not like i I don't have a story i don't know if my story is going to help anybody like looking at your story as if it's like this little iota of a story when it's such a big deal, share it. Right. And every time, and even the fact that you started this conversation off saying you connected with what I said, like, it's just that validation again. And I have been really guilty about wanting validation, Mm -hmm. not living my life through validation is different, but being able to ask, for that validation. And I think naturally that's what these events do. That's what these conversations are doing. That's what you've done for me today, just by being yourself, you know, and it's it's okay to ask as long as we're not living in a world where it's required. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's like, like, like compliant stuff, like trying to be, you know, societal expectation can really, is really hard to, to meet societal expectation. And the only real way to do it is just to be yourself and show up as your high, you know, your highest self, like the best version of you. And how do you do that is you also have to acknowledge the bad things that's happened to you. You have to to say, to say, you know what, that happened to me, but I'm this, I gone through it. I learned a lot from it. It was such a great feedback. Now I'm in a better better states. Now I can show up a better human to this world and be of value to a lot of people. It makes you real. It gets your head out of judgment because all the rest of that is just judgment upon ourselves or what other people think about us. And that's where the fear comes from too. There wouldn't be fear if we weren't afraid of being judged from doing something 
incorrect True. or wrong. And the power of stepping through that fear, we hear those words, stepping through fear, but taking that action, no matter if it's the smallest step every day, there's something you can do towards what you want and being truthful in what you want, not the yes. should or have tos or need tos, but just what you truly want and asking that question to your heart. Yeah. You know, and waiting for the answer to come. It's there. All the answers are in us. We just have to. You find have to take a step. Yeah. Without action, you got nothing. Yep. So question for you. Your mom passed, what, five years ago? You said? Yeah, five or, five or six years ago now. Six years ago, I think. Okay. If she was listening to you today, what message would you tell her? Mm. Oh, boy, that's going to make me cry. Um, I would say I'm sorry for everything you had to go through. Mm -hmm. I would say I always loved you no matter what. And I would say you didn't have to give up on yourself. There was always someone to help you. There was always a way through. And my biggest wish was that you loved yourself enough to, um, to help yourself. Mm -hmm. And thank you because I found a way to help me through that. Wow. Yeah. All right, sisters, thank you so much for listening and always supporting the Being Mother Hustler podcast every single episode, every single week. I know most of you take screenshots of these episodes and share it all over your social media outlet. And for some of you that's left us a five-star review, from the bottom of my heart, I'm so super grateful for you. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And it would mean the world to the entire Mother Hustler Nation community if you wrote us a five-star review. Because I'm telling you, this is not about me. This is not about you. It's about all of us in the community inspiring each other, learning from each other, and not allowing each other to make any excuses to chase our dreams. I swear I read those reviews and it fuels me to my core, makes me cry for great reasons, so I so look forward to reading those reviews. As always, sisters, don't forget to give, serve, live, and love. Have a mother hustling day. Thank you for that. Um, before I go to my last question, um, let the listeners know, let us know where we can find you, which social outlet do you usually hang out in, your website, okay. and all those beautiful details about you so they can okay. find you. I am hanging out on Facebook mostly right now. So they can find me on my personal page, Michelle Lane, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-L-A-I-N-E. -E -E. Um, they can find me at Inner Strength and Beauty on Facebook, which is my business name. And then my website is www.innerstrengthandbeauty.com. Awesome. And then um, does the Instagram? Instagram is Inner Strength Beauty. So at Inner Strength Beauty. You'll find me. That's my beautiful. face is there. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I commend you for showing up as, as your higher state in your best version, because I, we need more of you in this world. And especially being a mom, um, 
I think the only way we can change the world is through our next generation. I, I wouldn't say the only, but we are impacting that bigger change because we are changing the world now as we speak. But being the mom that you are to your children is definitely going to, to snowball of what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And the next generation, because of what we're doing as moms and how we're parenting them and just really encouraging them and being there for them and being present with them is the most important thing and being present with with your friends you know being present around women and inspiring people around you to take action and to say it's okay i went through this part of my life and being fearless of of telling your story and not holding anything back Mm -hmm. so thank you for that and i and i give you a lot of um, kudos and I commend you for really showing up as Michelle Lane. Thank you. You're welcome. It feels good to show up as Michelle Lane. It's easy, right? Yeah. It flows. What what is, um, so final question before I let you go, what is your definition of mother hustler? Hmm. My definition of a mother hustler would be a woman who embraces who she is, who loves being a mom, and loves letting herself find herself as well, and believing in any dreams that she has and knowing it's never too late to live a new dream, and it's never too late to find that internal happiness and know who you are at the core, because it's ever evolving and always up-leveling. Beautiful, my friend. Thank you so much for beautiful presence today. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear you. And oh, exciting. Oh my gosh. You know what I didn't, I didn't send you and I thought of it just now, but I wanted to offer your listeners to anybody who wants to connect with me through my website, there's a contact me button. I'd be willing to offer them um, three free sessions, one for each of the three people who first get a hold of me can have a free coaching session just for mentioning your podcast. That's awesome. Well, I'll definitely add that to the um, notes. Okay. Yeah. Thank Thank you, you. love. Have a great day. Welcome. Thank you. You too. Rock the week. (laughs) All right, sisters. Thank you so much for listening and always supporting the Being Mother Hustler podcast every single episode, every single week. I know most of you 